This episode of the One Up Pod is dedicated to Andy, Caroline and baby Sergio. Welcome to the family, little dude. We can't wait to hear all about the video games that you love. Fornicators. Oh shit. Fuck. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Something went weird Great. there. No, never mind. Hold on. I have to do that again. No, no, that's staying in. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Welcome to the well, podcast, ladies and gems. Yeah, that was actually a terrible version of my intro. So that's kind of fitting because we're doing an episode on video game adaptations. Uh, so I am. For better or worse, your host, Andy, and I am joined by my usual motley crew, Becky. Hello. Chip. Hello. And Bash. Hey, up. So, uh, video game adaptations have been a thing since 1986. Uh, the first official adaptations being a tie between Super Mario Bros., the great mission to rescue Princess Peach, and Running Boy Star Soldier Secret. <laughs> That's a weird title. Uh, they're both animes, and they were both released in Japan on the 20th of July, 1986, which is really weird, but that's how it goes. Since then, there have been a lot of attempts at adapting the humble video game for both big and small screen, and we're going to look at some of them today. Uh, the good, the bad, and the uber ball. <laughs> but before we get into all that, uh, let's go to the section that our listeners know and expect. Uh, what have we been playing? So uh, let's start with Bash. What have you been playing? It's a bold choice coming to me first. Yeah, I guess I it just it was... gets the expected out of the way, really. Yeah, it? yeah, it gets out of the way. Um, yeah, in all seriousness, I'm really struggling at the moment with playing new games. I'm going through a very stressful time at work, so all I do is sink more time and effort into Final Fantasy on grinding levels on different jobs or playing my son's Super Mario Maker 2 levels that he names things like doom and um you will die in this level and <laughs> i love it i love it this is my worst level yet they're not <laughs> they're not good names um for the well, level i disagree i disagree strongly <laughs> and then he also named one the easy level and then haha it was a trick it was not easy. <laughs> um <laughs> Is I that the full title? These. <laughs> no, that's not the full title. It's oh, just right. this is an easy <laughs> level, and then it hoping... turns out it's not. I was oh, I thought it was like a dot, title, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've already loaded it, and then you see the rest of the title. And, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I love, I love it. That. I do my parenting <laughs> gaming, my parenting gaming, and then my all-for-me gaming, and that's it. I, I play basically nothing else. I do, I do want to get Super Mario Maker, but I don't want our kids to be making levels for me and making me play them, because either she's going to be a diabolical genius or she's going to make me do all of them for her. I don't know which way it's going to swear, so... Kind of <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> oh, I think that's absolutely what my son is doing, because he can't finish his own levels, but you have to finish <laughs> the level before you can publish it. So, so I have to finish the levels. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Which is even more diabolical, frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pressure put on you. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, I can't finish most of them. Because they're so the, bad. The, the names are quite <laughs> apt then. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That's really cool. I love it. Uh, so, uh, Chip, what about you? I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is on the new one of the new PlayStation tiers. Is it extra or uh, super or amazing or whatever they've called all of those? I can never remember. Cool Ranch, I think. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I'm, it's a game I've been wanting to play for absolutely ages, and I nearly bought it at Christmas but didn't, and I've just Sorry. been waiting to play it ever. No, it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Um, you gifted me a game, which I was very appreciative of, even though I hated it. But uh, yeah, I've been wanting to play it for a very long time. And I am so, so glad that I've got around to it finally, because I think it's my favorite game since I played The Witcher 3 a couple of years ago. Nice. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's stunning and beautiful. And also you can cut people's arms off. So it's got everything I really want from a video game. And yeah, I absolutely love it. Five stars. I'm just really relieved you got into that game. I've, I've, obviously, I wanted you to get pick it up like for ages because I, I think it's like Assassin's Creed, but good. Yes. So, so. <laughs> it is Assassin's Creed Japan, I, yeah. I found. But I feel like that would make you angry. So we'll go with your version. It's, it's like, yes, yeah, it does all the things that Assassin's Creed does, but well. So like, well, it reminds me of the old Assassin's Creed games, like the Ezio kind of ones, because yeah. there's a lot of uh, emphasis on stealth as well. Yeah. As well, uh, you know, I mean, the good thing about it is you can go away, uh, go about doing the missions in any way you want. You can kill people in a variety of ways: fire, stabbing, jumping on them. You know, it's all good. But there are absolutely. I, I did a mission today, which was like, you can't kill anyone. You have to stealth through a field full of guards and get to your target. And it's very, very, very old school Assassin's Creed. So yeah, it all it all sings to my very interesting mind. Yeah, it's, I feel like getting you into this game is kind of like prescribing methadone to a smackhead. I'm just very happy that you're making progress. Wow. Yeah, uh, and I haven't played Odyssey, so it's kind of. Very accurate, I guess, really. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on from Methadone and Smackheads to Becky. What have you been playing? <laughs> I'm glad you phrased that as moving on rather yeah. than like. I nearly on. didn't. I, I, I nearly <laughs> fucked that lineup. <laughs> I finished Elden Ring. Yay! I did it! After the millions and millions of bosses, at the end, this is just boss after boss after boss i was going slightly insane i had to really grind away i had to rebuild my entire character for the final two bosses because could i do them could i fuck but i did it and now i'm playing it again because apparently i'm a masochist at least you're not a smackhead well yeah i mean that, that's true yeah well we'll go with that masochist yeah sure so i'm doing the journey too which is kind of like the new game plus oh, all right sort of I don't know why. I just, like, I was really happy to put it down and not play it for a good while. And then I started reading into the lore and stuff and kind of, like, reading Reddit posts and talking about it. And then I was like, oh, well, now I want to go back to it now that I actually understand what the fuck is going on. So, yeah, I don't think, Andy, it's going to be my game of the year just because I want the story to be a little less obtuse than it is. Because yeah. it is very obtuse. Yeah. And I think there's a good story in there, so it's a shame that it doesn't like show it off more. But yeah, I finished it. 
I still have not finished it. I, I, I'm on a long break from it, like uh, Ross and Rachel, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very still, current yeah, reference. Very, I couldn't think of anything else. So. It's very warm. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm just having a break from it. I just need to take some time like, and recharge and maybe yeah. not feel like I'm melting before I try again. I probably should have done that in between all the, like, however many final bosses it is, but I just, it got to the point where I was like, if I stop it now, I'm not going to finish it. And I was so determined oh, to yeah. do the last boss because it's an absolute bastard of a level. Good luck. Yeah, that, that happened to me with Horizon Zero Dawn. I just put it down and then just ended up uninstalling it at some point because I forgot to get back into it. I'm hopeful I won't do that with Elden Ring, but we'll see. We'll see I'll in the Game of the Year episode, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll keep checking back in with you, like, hey, you done it yet? <laughs> come on, come on, hurry up. I think the level of swearing when you get to the last bit of the game will alert us to the fact that that's where you are. <laughs> yeah, probably. I will let you all know. So, uh, I've been playing The Quarry, uh, the latest interactive horror from Supermassive Games, and I finished it last night. Uh, my first run through and i think it might actually be better than until dawn it's uh, like the performances are all great and they've actually improved all of the gaming mechanics especially the don't breathe one it doesn't feel unfair fuck that it feels more about judgment rather than fucking holding a controller the right way which is really nice and they they really commit to the horror side of things in this one uh like past supermassive games who have a habit of kind of going for fake outs uh, even mm. until dawn did that but the uh, dark chronicles games did it a lot but this one just like every weird fucking horror concept it has it just commits to and goes full out on it which is really nice and i've been playing it like all week and uh, caroline's been watching it while she's been like laid up in bed suffering with the the baby bump who that's getting increasingly more stressful and she's she's been really enjoying it and it's definitely helped her with that but i did accidentally get her favorite character killed and horribly so so i felt kind of bad about that she was really (laughs) upset about it i felt terrible so of of the core cast i got four of them killed which didn't felt pretty good and how many out of like eight three (laughs) and the supporting cast i also got four of them killed like so eight wow eight eight in total total people died I did manage I to keep. That's a fairly standard horror movie. Yeah, it's not bad. Like I kept, yeah. I kept quite a few of the, the characters that I liked alive. Some of them, like one of the characters I didn't like, I got killed by accident. I was really trying to help him out because I was hoping he might have a redemption arc like uh, Mike did in Until Dawn, but now he just died like a putz because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I did manage to keep uh, Justice Smith and Ted Raimi alive, so I'm, I'm happy with the end result, good. really. So. Nice. Good, nice. good, good. good. Yeah, it was, it was... Hey, it's lower than your body count from Flight, sim- uh, flight Simulator. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Manchester. Sorry, Manchester. I could never return to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so the quarry's really good, but like, I would probably recommend getting it in a sale or if it pops up on PS Plus or Game Pass or something. I just got it because I just really needed something other than Elden Ring to play that Caroline could also enjoy. So, but yeah, it's re- really good. Really recommend it. So, uh, during the course of this episode, we'll be talking about a broad range of video game adaptations, uh, trying to work out what makes 
for a good adaptation and uh, what kind of traps the bad adaptations fall into. I'm going to hate saying adaptation so many times. I'm going to try and avoid that. <laughs> One of those fucker <laughs> words. I don't know why I chose this topic. We're going to try and work out whether the VG adapt is ever going to take off the way it has for like other mediums like uh, the superhero comics or uh, stories about how it is being a Christian in America, you know. <laughs> so, so popular genres. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get talking about some of the best and worst video game adaptations. Uh, what makes them work? What do they get wrong? All that kind of shit. Does anyone want to start with an example that they've got? Yeah, I want to talk about Warcraft. Of course. Yeah. I'm going straight in there. Yeah. I, figured you were going <laughs> yeah. Warcraft first. I feel like if we start on a, a reasonable high, for me. For you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, to be fair, I liked Warcraft. Yeah. So I have no, I have no knowledge of the games or the lore aside from it being a Mamopica that's very popular. I watched it purely because my need for like, light, Bobbinsy fantasy films has gone unfulfilled for a really long time. Like I don't think we have anywhere near like the eighties heights of like Willow and Legend and Return to Arts, etc. Yeah. And so I, I remember like. I stuck Warcraft on one night, just being like, I like Duncan Jones as a director. The cast looks decent. I love I love some bobbins. And oh my god, I love it. <laughs> it's one of my favourite adaptations of a game, especially one that I have no bearing on. Who knows what film Ben Foster thinks he's in, because <laughs> he is chewing the scenery like Billio, and it's brilliant. <laughs> Travis Fimmel, Fimmel's accent is global. I don't know where he was supposed to be from because Ruth Negger, who plays his sister, has got her Irish accent and his is sort of wandering, to put it politely, but he's great. Yeah. The effects are fun. The motion capture performances are fun. The story is fun. There's some like great lighthearted moments. The action sequences are great. Yeah, it's just good. It's just really good bobbins. Watch Warcraft. Yeah, I, I, I did like it because... Yeah, like you mentioned the nineteen eighties, like the glut of like just light fantasy nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like a proper throwback to that. It's very light on story. It's got lots of like B list stars and character actors, all of them absolutely refusing to commit to an accent. Like it's, <laughs> it's just all over the fucking place. Like it's brilliant. And there's like obviously different levels of commitment to their performances. Like Ben <laughs> Foster is just He's he's like generally one of my favorite actors to watch whenever he shows up in a movie, yeah. And and seeing him just basically playing an American wizard in this universe, he just sort of he just fucking went for it. American wizard crossed with Tim Minchin, crossed with like a kind of rock star druid thing. I oh, it's just like honestly, if he'd walked on in like white dreads, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I so love- great. I love Ben Foster. Like sometimes you see a movie where like there's one actor clearly performing in a different movie from everyone else, and it's usually the wrong movie. Whereas yes. I think with Ben Foster, he's the only guy in Warcraft actually performing for the right movie. Yeah. Some he- people are <laughs> trying to. Some people think they're in Lord of the Rings and they're not. <laughs> Dominic Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Dominic Cooper is the only cast member that I would have changed, and I would have had Matt Berry playing the king instead. <laughs> 
because I think that would have really added to the whole where what is going on here. That would have worked though, because like Warcraft isn't Lord of the Rings. It's very, it's got, it's very light-hearted. It's got, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's kind of almost a parody of this kind of thing. So having Matt Berry in that role would have actually been (laughs) really savvy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I watched this. This was my first time watch of it. I watched it for the pod and to make Becky happy slash not have her yell at me for not watching it. Thank you. And <laughs> I was I was really worried at the start because when you said it was Bobbins, I was kind of expecting a Dungeons and Dragons, as in the movie oh. type kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Andy's oh, noise kind of sums it up you. there. How dare I know, you. I know, I know. And I was completely <laughs> wrong because it is like vastly superior to that. I really enjoyed it as well. And I'm like you, Becky, I don't know a lot about the lore. I've only played Warcraft up to level 20. So, I, you know, I got to the point where I was like, what, you want me to pay for this? Now you're good. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I had no kind of pre- preconceptions going into it. I didn't know the lore or anything that was about to happen. And I had a really nice time. I I watched it in two parts. It was a breeze both times. I could have watched it in one sitting if I didn't have work. I just thought it was really fun. And I, you know, I, I was curious to see what people who are actually really deep into Warcraft and the lore there, what they think of it, because I was just like, that was fun. I wanted those kids. That was good. Becky's going to be happy. <laughs> Which is the important thing. Yeah, the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, Andy, actually, as the, the resident WoW Mamopaga player, or previously, like how it compares to the games and how it works as an adaptation, because obviously I can't judge that. I just like it as a film. I think it's more... A- like adapting stuff that happened before World of Warcraft, more like the real-time strategy games, more like that era. Right. I think. It's been a while since I've played like those Warcrafts, let alone World of Warcraft, but I do think Duncan Jones, like he got the general vibe of those worlds. It's very, it's a lot more exaggerated than something like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or Game of Thrones or something. I think it, where it fell down for audiences is that not everyone wants that or realizes that's what's going on they don't realize mm. it's, it's kind of in you're supposed to be in on the joke a little bit to go along with like, what warcraft's doing yeah it didn't quite have the like playful sense of humor that i know is part of warcraft but it did have elements of it they have to spend a lot of time dealing with the more serious law behind the world setting up all the big world of warcraft shit the horde and the the alliance and all that I mean, it did have the character who was making jokes five minutes after his son got killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, Look, so it has, uh, you can't there's, there's, keep the helmets helmet it. It's just a bit less. I think I, I think it's just because it's like my main experience with Warcraft is World of Warcraft, which is being a, a mamapugger, it's kind of chaotic <laughs> and it has to be a bit more playful and silly and stuff. Mm. So it doesn't quite have that, but I think, I think it does the justice to the, like, the lore of Warcraft. And also, there's a scene where a dude is yelling, come on, boys, put some spunk into it. Which, <laughs> which I, I laughed out loud when I heard it again. I was like, did he say that? So I googled that line to make sure he did say it. And of the 4.7 million results I got, only one of them was on topic. So you could, <laughs> could probably guess where the rest were. I, have, I do have one gripe with Warcraft, though. Ooh. Just one. At no point does Leroy Jenkins appear. That's a very oh. good point. That feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, because let's face it, why wouldn't you put Leroy Jenkins in there? Although I do remember reading that Duncan Jones wanted to and was vetoed. 
So somewhere Fucking... there may be on a cutting room floor, just this one guy going, Leroy! <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it five star for me, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it five stars. Yeah. I mean, it had the Wilhelm scream, so why not? Why yeah. not have a bit of Leroy Jenkins? It really did. Like, um, with Warcraft, it kind of does... The, the amount of money that they poured into that movie is quite amazing to me, considering, like, by the time it came out, the cultural buzz around Warcraft as a whole had kind of faded. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were hoping, like, Duncan Jones was going to deliver them the next Lord of the Rings, but like I said, Warcraft is not Lord of the Rings. So the whole thing seems like such a bizarre gamble for for such a, like, big blockbuster. It's quite quite amazing, actually. Yeah, and I am sad we're not going to get a sequel. Yeah. Because I think the film leaves it really nicely poised for a fun sequel. But yeah, I mean, we can all keep our digits crossed because I would be there opening night if they managed <laughs> to get one. It would be fun. Oh, it's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, all right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or... do this. Leroy Jenkins! Oh my God, he just ran in. On the topic of like uh, movies that come out long after the... The buzzard faded on a video game property. I'll, I'm just going to jump into a bad one right right away. I'm going with Double Dragon. Warcraft obviously dropped when the star had faded, but like like Uncharted also did the same thing. The series was done by the time that movie came out, but like Double Dragon was like something else entirely. Like the story is a bit like Double Dragon Three, but by the time Double Dragon Three came out, everyone was done with Double Dragon completely. They'd moved on to like Streets of Rage and Final Fight. Like, I don't even hear people talking about like Double Dragon 2 is one of their favourite games. It's like all of the heat was on the first game and they just fucking whiffed it. They missed they missed that <laughs> opening by a mile. It was like below room temperature at that point. Maybe a dumb question, but what even is a double dragon? Like yes, I've not heard of a... I've not heard of this film <laughs> game oh, right, okay. anything. The way you're talking about it is like it's is like Oh, this this very popular franchise. I'm like, there's three of them. I've not even heard of any yeah. of them. There's more than three. Is a film? <laughs> but this is why the film failed. Yeah, this is why the film failed. <laughs> it's a very old uh, side-scrolling uh, um, beat 'em up. It's like a oh, okay. Person. I am very young, so yeah, yeah I'm old as fuck. So you know this. <laughs> it's it's like one of the very early ones, uh, Nintendo like Entertainment System era, like before that even. So they they spent like. God knows how long, like five, ten years before they made a movie on this move, this game that nobody fucking remembers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it doesn't help that the movie just sucks absolute shit. Like, who, is, uh, who is in the movie? Is there anyone we would know? Like, what's the talent involved? Uh, well, Robert Patrick is the main villain. What? Yeah. Okay. He looks right. like uh, he looks like Vanilla Ice if he got into, like, stocks rather than stealing riffs from <laughs> Queen. <laughs> Was, oh, uh, I need to, I'm googling this. Who else is in it? I can't fucking. I should know this. I watched it the other day. So is this like mid '90s fair? Uh, 1994 it came out. Yeah, okay. uh, Scott yeah. Wolf. Uh, he's in it. Alyssa Milano. <laughs> Mark. Dis- Mark Sorry, I've just found Robert Patrick. Yeah, he looks fucking. He looks weird. It's <laughs> it's a really really bad movie. It's try. It feels like it's trying to be RoboCop, but with really goofy. Dudes dressed in like red and blue geese fighting street punks. Like, the, <laughs> even after watching it, I only watched it like the other day. The only thing that's really sticking in my mind is the fact that they got Andy Dick to play himself as a weatherman. <laughs> and he provided like 90% of the exposition at the start of the movie. 
and also that the end credits are set to all together now by the farm which is the most on-the-nose 90s bullshit I could possibly imagine. <laughs> it's, it's such a bad... It's on. It's su- such a bad movie. It's on YouTube and it's full and nobody cares to, like, <laughs> copyright strike it. They just, they just leave that thing up there for years. Like, nobody wants to claim this thing. It's so fucking terrible. I need to watch this now. I mean, if you can stomach it, like, I mean, it's, it's something else. It's fucking real. There's, like, a dude that looks like he's been inflated. I, I still... For the life of me, don't know why. Like, just a big, weird prosthetic makeup thing. He just looks like a big guy that's been pumped up with an air pump. <laughs> Too much, kind of like um, in Monty Python. <laughs> oh, Mr. Creasy. <laughs> yes, it's just, it's a he also real... He a thin martial arts film. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like you were just selling it to Becky Moore now. No, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the I link, I'll send it. I have terrible taste in films. <laughs> yeah, I've got the actual link, so I can send it to you after we're done. Like, you yes, please. I might live point. tweet it. Please do, actually. That'd be nice. <laughs> Once the episode <laughs> comes out. Hey, Broomhead! We're gonna sweep the floor with your skull! Better luck next time, losers. <laughs> Eat some fish, buttheads! Another example of like an adaptation dropping when the heat was well off the series, but this time resulting in a much better movie, was uh, Doom, which I know yes. uh, Chip and Becky both love. Yes. Uh, I will give you the line that got me into trouble on Twitter, and that is that Doom is the film that Aliens wishes it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want you to actually justify that. Yeah, right now. explain, oh, please. Gladly, thank you very much. I'm not going to argue, but I'll just... <laughs> My problem with Aliens is that I love Alien, the Ridley Scott one, and Aliens feels like they just nicked the Xenomorph and nerfed it and put a bunch of idiots in front of it. It could be, like, you could put any sort of villain, bad thing, bad aliens in front of those uh, marines, and it wouldn't matter. The film would still be the same. Whereas in Alien, you get one alien that's really scary and terrorizes a whole ship, and then there's, like, thousands that are just getting killed again and again. So I'm not a big fan of Aliens. I've softened on it over the years. Uh, Whereas Doom is really fun. (laughs) And it takes all... The good bits from all the good films, like, well, okay, it doesn't necessarily... Well, it does take them from Aliens, Predator, Terminator, like, all the action films that came before it, and it just sort of, like, throws them in a blender, casts the rock, and just puts it out there. And that's why I like it. And the rock in a morally dubious role as well, which we don't see anymore. And he's much more interesting when he's morally dubious. (laughs) It's quite early in his career as well. Yeah, it was very early. He he looked very slim. Yeah, he looked small. Yeah, even though he's still massive because he's still a wrestler, he just looks really small compared to what he looks like now. He looks like now like he looks like at the end of the film. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember saying um, on WhatsApp after yeah, Becky mentioned the morally dubious thing about The Rock. Like, yeah. It's weird that Carl Urban was cast in the straight-laced like, good guy role in this movie and The Rock was the morally dubious guy. And now at this point in their careers, they've kind of swapped like Carl Urban yeah. is in the boys, especially he's playing a really morally dubious protagonist, and The Rock just refuses to look bad in any movie he's doing. It's like in his <laughs> contracts and stuff. The only time Which he ought look like a clown is if Kevin Hart is with him or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Vin Diesel's calling him out on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love Doom again for like what Chip's saying. I do not agree with the aliens thing and. I will sit you down at one point and explain you my whole alien and aliens are exploring the same thing from different angles theory. So look forward to that. 
<laughs> but I I just really like how again how it just embraces the silly. I, I I think like a bit like Warcraft and other good adaptations for video games. Like there's something inherently silly about video games, whether it's you know something uber serious like Red Dead, which even finds time for for jokes and humor. There is something fundamentally weird about sitting down and pushing buttons on a controller that tells you a story. So I think like Doom especially. There's there's that amazing line the Rock says where he's like, "Now let's find a body to go with that arm," and it's like, <laughs> "Yes, that's exactly the tone this needs. It just it needs to be like that kind of silly, inflated, pompous ridiculousness." And like Rosamund Pike, bless her, is doing her level best to inject some kind of gravitas into the situation, <laughs> and it works, but it's not needed. Just you know. There's a guy spitting goop at you. Just go for it. <laughs> I, th- I think that adds to it in a way, though, when you've got someone trying to be really serious amongst yeah. all this bobbins. I quite like that. Oh, yeah, it definitely balances it out. And I think there's that bit where um, Ben Daniel's character is, like, smashing his forehead because he realises he's turning. And, like, she looks like she's in this kind of Stanley Kubrick, really super <laughs> serious horror film of, like, the grief sins of humanity and it's like nah dude like come on (laughs) but i love it i'm not criticizing yeah i I remember the scene which made me finally realize what it was doing um it's the scene where it basically does the alien in the vents moment but with a monkey and then the monkeys (laughs) belong to smithereens with machine guns (laughs) and then the rock is it's like immediately followed by the rock pensively observing monkey blood dropping into his hand fucking stupid <laughs> very very funny there's just no need for it but they did it anyway they just blew up a monkey because the movie couldn't afford to use monsters that, that early in the film so they just blow something <laughs> up didn't they and all those guns <laughs> oh we have to talk about the first person sequence as well yes. because that's that cinema right yes. there that, that's what that is like that is. superlative like yeah suck on that james cameron <laughs> <laughs> come on steady on that man <laughs> I don't know. I think I quite like a first-person view of Titanic. Oh, <laughs> well, that quick. Which scene? You just... <laughs> you mean the... I need to know which scene you're talking about. I was thinking of the King of the World scene. Okay, because there then... was a lot of other scenes in that movie, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then... <laughs> but then I thought from about, the perspective like... of the iceberg. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I just like i'm right here guys no, see, just that ship's getting left. closer veer left Go I'm, not, I'm not fucking moving <laughs> <laughs> you can go around me fucking cheap <laughs> yeah. uh, well that didn't take long <laughs> inappropriate comments from becky <laughs> trivializing a travi- travesty tragedy oh, it's, not, it's not often you get bad comments from me compared to you two i'm sorry i don't feel like that's like anywhere near as bad as my son believing that it was a kraken that took down the titanic (laughs) and genuinely (laughs) believes that i've yet to correct him never (laughs) correct him can you prove he's wrong can you (laughs) well this is it how how do you prove that he's wrong (laughs) i'd watch that movie i would definitely how like make it really insensitive yes yeah (laughs) I'm sure that movie exists, or some variation of 
Oh, I mean, it's going to be a Kraken movie. Come yeah. On. yeah. Like, sci-fi have probably made it. Taking down a big boat. <laughs> it was what took down the town... Oh, no, never mind. That what took down the town... Tan tire to tire. That's what the iceberg said as it got hit. <laughs> yeah, it couldn't get its words out. It was too nervous. <laughs> they can't afford to cast people that can read the script so they just go with whatever they've got so, tie, 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 tie. get a bunch of monkeys in a perfect let's just wrap up we're good <laughs> and this is why Doom is the best film ever yes I have no opinion I've not seen it oh Sasha it's a treat the first time I watched it I was shit first and I was kind of half and half on it until the first person scene but watching it a second time fully sober, I was like, oh, yeah, I see what's going on now. Yeah. I, I wasn't it, being a cynical prick and going, oh, I'm better than the movie. I'm going to try and outsmart it every turn. It knows <laughs> what it's about. And that yeah. it's about monkeys and vents and explosions. <laughs> I, I also do love that they named one of the characters after uh, John and Adrian Carmack, like two of the, two of the creators of Doom. But they refused to acknowledge John Romero <laughs> because, like, by 2005, nobody wanted anything to do with John Romero. <laughs> Dai Katana was an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> He's also a knobhead. What was that? The monkey. If we're calling people out, that could transition quite nicely into um, someone we've called out, well, a family <laughs> that we've called out on the podcast before, the Wahlbergs. Fuck the Wahlbergs. Um, <laughs> fuck the Wahlbergs. I mean, at first it was Donnie, but now it's Mark Marky is, Mark. Mark is in the crosshairs. Marky Mark. I mean, he is the worst of the, the two, but you know. Yeah, for well, some I reason we victimised Donnie first. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, I can't even remember how we got onto that either. It just happened. Um, but I do believe that uh, Mark Wahlberg might be single-handedly responsible for every bad video game adaptation out there because he's in two of them. Yes, indeed. So, you know, you do the maths. That's all I'm saying. So we have Max Payne, which for, for when I first saw Max Payne, I actually thought it was semi-decent. This was a long time ago, so stick with me here, kids. No. Because I thought it wasn't a great adaptation of that story, but as a film, I thought it was all right. And then I rewatched it a few years later and was like, oh. Uh, and then rewatching it for this podcast, it's not good at all. It's, it's really weird because the way he plays Max Payne, you know, with the death of his wife and his kid, he seems more like irked and annoyed as opposed to traumatized. <laughs> yeah. He's just Slightly like, oh, inconvenienced. God damn it. I can't believe they killed my wife and my child. Oh, those rotters. I'll get them eventually, probably. <laughs> Yeah, he treats like and the murder of his family like uh, someone forgot to pack the sauce packets in his McDonald's Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. Is it a classic example of Wahlberg smell the fart acting? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I can, and, I yeah. can picture it. And to be it's fair, a very mild fart. To be fair, the <laughs> graphics in the original Max Payne looked like he was constantly smelling farts, but that's just the limitations of the technology. It's but not that's a smelly fart, though, at least, yeah. you know? He was traumatised by that fart. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> and you can see with this film, they've tried to go slightly with the aesthetic of Max Payne as well, in that it's a bit dark and snowy at times. But that's about it. Like they add in this weird kind of thing with Valkyries and Norse mythology and stuff. And yeah, yeah it, it's not good. Because like one boss in Max Payne started blabbering about like Norse myth. So they decided that was the entire 
story. <laughs> so they just clung on to like one thing that they remembered from the game. Yeah, yeah. And there's only one bullet time sequence. Yeah, that's fucking so fucking cheap and bullshit. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I, I hate that movie. I've, I, I, I couldn't get through it a second time for this podcast. I just had to oh, wow. feed on my hatred of it. I'm just like, I made very few notes because just, Max Payne is one of my favourite video game series. So I was just very annoyed at the time and continue to be annoyed about it to this day. <laughs> Fucking Wahlbergs. Fucking Wahlbergs. Which brings us all... I'm guessing that brings us to Uncharted. Oh boy, does it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch it, so... Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm really looking forward to you guys taking this one. I don't know if Sasha saw it. I did not know. The thing about it is I was expecting it to be awful and to be angry and full of hate, but it's fine. And that's the worst crime of it yeah. is that it does all the things that better movies have done before. So, you know, they're not bad. They just happen. But it's just, as Sasha would say, aggressively fine. <laughs> and it's worse for that. If it had been complete dog shit and just the worst fucking movie, I would have I would have admired it more, at least, because at least it was an abject failure. But it's not good, and it doesn't help that it's cast terribly as well. I mean, obviously, fuck the Wahlbergs. And, but I like Tom Holland. He's just not Nathan Drake. No. And the film really, really suffers because of that, because they're not Sally, they're, Sally, they're not Nate, and it, it just doesn't have that. Like, it's weird that a video game is more cinematic than the cinematic adaptation of that video game. Yeah, they really fucked up that uh, Uncharted free plane sequence. Oh. It's really boring. I know it's not going to obviously compare to the experience of playing that game and having to do all the set pieces yourself, but if you can't top the experience of playing the video game, stop reminding us of the video game. That's one, <laughs> that's one big thing that a video game adaptations shouldn't be doing. Just don't remind us of something that you can't possibly beat. Because they, they copied that and they, they copied a lot of the story of Uncharted 4, but they... Mm-hmm. You can't do that story as like the first story. Like it's like doing Batman Wait. versus Superman as the first movie. Fucking, <laughs> you've, you've got to pace yourself. But even worse, they do Uncharted Four, but Sam is not a factor in it. He's like he's not in the film at all. He's just like a ghost. He's some. It it's so but... weird because that story is all about Sam, and they've cut him out mm-hmm. of the story entirely. Uh, what? It's it. What? Yeah, I was, I was yeah. flabbergasted yeah. when I started seeing like, why, why are you doing Uncharted 4? That, that whole, whole game is about how Nate's life is unsustainable. Yeah. yeah. How they, is it unsustainable yeah. if he's only just started it? Because Tom oh, Holland's oh, like 12. Oh, don't worry. They don't try and get into any thematic depth. They're just copying the broad beats of the story. They don't understand <laughs> why these games work. They're just like, going, yeah. oh, here's a big action scene. Uh, let's have Nate say something funny. And usually, he's not saying something like Nate would say, like a bit of a, a smart ass, but he's out of his depth completely. He just sounds like panicky and apologetic at all times, like <laughs> Tom Holland's uh, Peter Parker. And it's just, oh, but no. some, and even worse, sometimes they try and make him like cool and slick, like when he's, he'll be like, oh yeah, when he's being a bartender at the start, he's like trying to be really cool. Again, that is not Nate. He's he's not a character who's smooth and self-possessed. He's a uh, He's passionate and he's obsessive and a little self-deprecating, but he's also kind of self-destructive. And like, It just doesn't get any of this stuff across about Nate. They're just 
pulling in all these different directions and it just really doesn't work and it doesn't help that he's his foil Sully is Mark Wahlberg <laughs> <laughs> the fart smeller yeah because <laughs> the thing is Sully is supposed to be smooth and like cool and you know self-possessed and Mark Wahlberg doesn't convince of any of those things he just sounds like <laughs> a guy who's gonna like commit a drunken crime at some point and and he, and he does he, he smashes a, a Papa John's at one point in the movie he just smashes up a Papa John's as part of like trying to find a clue and it just looks like Mark Wahlberg having a fucking meltdown inside a pizza place <laughs> it doesn't it's just oh, it's just terrible like, uh, Caroline talk, like she's insisted on like me bringing this up uh, but she's been saying since day one that uh, Tony Dalton from Better Call Saul and Hawkeye should have played Sully and I do agree he's like He's suave, good-looking dude, very charismatic, and he can rock the fuck out of a moustache. So <laughs> he doesn't even have... Like, Wahlberg doesn't even have a moustache until the like post credit scene. It's a gag. And that's, that makes me even more annoyed that they're treating Sully's beautiful moustache as just a joke. <laughs> Ha-ha, it's like the character he's based on. Ha-ha. Finally remembered this part of the character. Uh, I, I think, like, Mark Wahlberg as Sully will go down or should have gone down, is the most egregious bit of uh, video game movie casting until they cast Chris Pratt as Mario. <laughs> like, yeah. He had it. He, that was he, he his was one clinging success. On to that one. Yeah. And then that was announced, and nope. Well, maybe they'll cast Mark Wahlberg as uh, Toad, and then he can have it back. Isn't Keegan-Michael Key Toad? I think he is. It sounds like something he'd play. Yeah, I think he he's Toad or Yoshi. I can't remember. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it's going to be great. Uh, the only reason I think Wahlberg got Sully is because like I think he was attached to previous attempts to make the movie, so he's uh, kind of contracted into it. Just he had to have a part in the movie because it's part of his you know his producer credit or something like that. It just feels like you know something there's some bullshit reason why he got the part and not because he was right for the part. Which is why I, I hate all contracts and do not believe in them. <laughs> and all Wahlbergs. And all Wahlbergs. And all Wahlbergs. <laughs> what I will say just on the Uncharted thing was I saw the trailer for the first time in the cinema when I went to see the Matrix 4 with my dad. And my dad, after it finished, looks over at me and went, is that a real film that's coming out? <laughs> and I was like... Yes, Kinda. it is. Why? Because my dad loves the Uncharted games. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed them. And then he was like, but which one's Sully and which one's Nate? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Tom Holland would have been a better He was just very Sally. confused. And also, like, when he thought it was Mark Wahlberg as Nate, like, he could get his head around it. And then it was like, oh, he was very confused by the entire concept. Yeah. It, yeah. I it wonder if Mark Wahlberg was. He must have been attached to play Nate at some point. That yeah, feels I, I, like I believe he Nate was. Oh, I remember God. the yeah. rumours and people being really upset about the rumours. Because it was around the same time that everyone was really pushing Nathan Fillion for it. And yeah. by the way, the Nathan Fillion short that he did is, like, that's really good. I really enjoyed that. It is that. really and good, yeah. yeah much that's, more that's really entertaining. on par with Uncharted. Than, I mean, I've only seen the trailer for Uncharted and that was enough. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. What the hell happened to you two? Fell out of a car that fell out of a plane? Huh. 
you know, something like that happened to me once. So obviously thinking about Uncharted and also Max Payne and the other games that we, the, the other games, the other films that we've talked about that haven't worked so well as adaptations. What do we think stops an adaptation from working? Like Andy mentioned about reminding us of the games, but like, I don't know, just listening to you talk, both of you about that, like what do you think is kind of underpinning why these films aren't good at adapting the games that we love? I could maybe have some theories, but it's me, so they'll be a bit spicy. Please be spicy. Spicy. <laughs> Go for it. Well, because I think sort of pre, I would say pre even early 2000s, like when you look at like a list of video game adaptations, um, nothing gets above like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I do wonder if some of it, one or two aside, is because video games evolved, they don't really have stories. So how do you adapt to, how do you adapt something when really the games are just a beat em up or it's just a, you know, like you can love those games, there's nothing wrong with that, but they were garbage, hot garbage. <laughs> um, so the films that come out of them are also gonna be hot garbage. The other part of it is when they try to also adapt them very literally. I have long had a thing that, especially modern games now, Modern games now like, are so cinematic, you spend a lot of time with them and you invest a lot of yourself in them, so I don't think adaptations can just pick up the story and redo it, but shorter. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think Because it's never going to live up. That's Uncharted and things like that. It's ne that's, you'd never, it was never ever going to be able to live up to the games while ever it was trying to very literally adapt the games. But yeah, I do wonder how much of it is just that the very old story, like games in particular, they don't really have much of a story to talk about, right? No, not at all. Because they couldn't. Like, it was a limitation of games. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not literally completely dunking on them, you know? Yeah, no, they don't have stories. They're just, like, a collection of concepts and tropes and stuff. They've just, they've got, they've got characters that people are engaged by and like, but that, you can't make a movie just out of characters. There has to be something to put them in. Like Street, the Street Fighter movie couldn't just have, couldn't just be based on a Street Fighter tournament because that's just dudes hitting each other for like two hours. So they tried to concoct this big story about fucking terrorism and secret forces stuff. It's absolute <laughs> bullshit. It's, it's not Street Fighter. Street Fighter. It's the clues in the title. It's Street Fighter. They're supposed to be fighting in streets. <laughs> but they they had to come up with this weird convoluted reason for all these characters to come together to fight when fucking one of the best Bruce Lee movies ever is just a tournament basically like the concept can work if you make the fights engaging which is a problem for them because they didn't make any of the fights engaging <laughs> I do I think maybe the only exception to that and absolutely jump in if you disagree but um it might be the Sonic film because if we're looking at like older games and the lack of story, Sonic has to defeat Robotnik, save his animal friends, and that's about what we got. Yeah. And then some of the really bad Sonic games are the ones that have more of a story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in the later years. But I really enjoyed the Sonic film. I thought it was a lot of fun. Obviously, it started in the worst way possible, where everyone saw what Sonic looked like and went, yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh, then the once teeth. they kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, instead of nightmares about that thing. But I think... They managed to concoct a fun story that was zany, had Jim Carrey and his best sort of 90s kind of performance. Yeah. And I think that one, that was one that really worked. 
Yeah, that one shouldn't have worked either because it, yeah. it made so many choices that a bad movie from the 90s would have made. Like, <laughs> you know, setting it in the real world, having Jim Carrey be just completely unhinged. Like, all these things could completely derail a movie if you're not in control, but somehow it was just really entertaining and charming and I, I had a really good time with it and I, I loved Sonic too. I, like, geeked out like a fucking child when i watched that i was like <laughs> completely losing it. I, I grabbed like caroline's arm in the cinema like i was oh, it's the thing i'm not going to say what the moment was but i just i really like just it was like watching captain america lift Thor's hammer for me i was like oh my god i didn't think i was going to see this and it, again, i did, it's I did enjoy sonic 2 far yeah. more than sonic 1 i think it took all the things that you know were entertaining about sonic 1 and added enough of bringing Sonic back to what, you know, people who played Sonic a lot. Yeah. Like, it felt like there was a lot for everybody, because, you know, my son watched it and he loved it, and he's never really played Sonic at all. Um, but then my partner who watched it also enjoyed it, and I, like he played Sonic, you know, as Sonic was coming out kind of thing. <laughs> so it hit that broad spectrum of things. But, like, I think storytelling, as a general rule, is just better in films now. Anyway, I do think that they've kind of worked a formula a little bit for how to take a beloved character, especially kids' films, especially ones that are targeted at kids' films, and you wonder how much of that makes a difference as well, because I bet Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and all of those were not really targeted for children, but they've sort of found a real good balance at the moment of taking characters, having their stories be basically nothing to do with what you've seen before in the games or anything like that, but still put enough hallmarks in yeah. so that they're recognizable to the people that loved those characters and franchises and i am absolutely thinking of detective pikachu <laughs> in that one because <laughs> that was also another one of recent times that's really good really and good. i mean really good surprising like shockingly good i was like what yeah this is an actual movie fucking hell yeah and i mean there's a, a shit ton of pokemon movies right and yeah. they, obviously the animated series and stuff but they did all spawn from that little that little video game on game boy but that that was another film where i thought it was good at working that out it does feel like they're starting to learn some of the lessons not universally but they do feel like they're starting to learn some of the lessons from the mistakes they made in the 90s and early noughties with video game movies yeah that they're, they're taking like they're taking the same kind of ideas that people would use in the 90s just to cheap out and not have to like put a lot of effort into the world building and stuff and yet they're, they're handling them much more competently so like the world building does work and the way the characters integrate with real life people works a lot better it just like with detective pikachu that the world building in that movie is just incredible like i was like i could i could have just watched like like a 12-hour documentary about life in that city and it would have been really <laughs> entertaining like the special effects were really i mean once you get used to the fact that they kind of look they've got like real looking textures and stuff and they're not like gonna be like the cartoons yeah i just i really loved everything about detective pikachu e- even ryan reynolds being ryan ryan reynolds it was it's the same thing as jim carrey being jim carrey it's just it, somehow these didn't get on my nerves as they might do sometimes in the wrong hands I wonder if part of it as well is a generational thing because obviously when you had the earlier uh, video game adaptations they were partly being made by people who 
may not have been as au fait with the games or with the characters. I'm I'm thinking specifically sort of like films made by like sort of the big you know, the big corp film studio corporations. And also yeah. video games as well weren't taken as seriously. And I wonder if that now what we're seeing is because there are people making these films who perhaps grew up with these characters and therefore they know what they would want to see in a film like Detective Pikachu or Sonic. And rather than kind of try and make it universally appealing for video game audiences, they're trying to sort of like bring what they love from the video games to film audiences as well. Yeah, I think that's a, a big thing. Like the potential audience for these movies is much bigger now. In like the 90s, you've released like a Mortal Kombat or a Super Mario movie. It's really going to be only like people like me going, wanting to go and see it. And I, I was too young to see Mortal Kombat. So, so they <laughs> kind of fucked themselves there. It's just like very, they were very, like you said, the console, the video game industry wasn't what it was now. Now they're like legitimate blockbusters on their own. Back then yeah. it was very much a niche. If you look at the difference between console sales from the 90s to now, it's just like night and day. Like so the, Some of the, my favourite consoles from that era, just they can't even crack the top 10 of sales. It's a completely different world now. Like Everybody, well, not, or nearly everybody, has played like at least one video game or owns a console of something like maybe they own a Switch or something like that and they're just quite casual about it. Or they're playing on the phones or something. It's Everyone has access to video games it's a much bigger potential audience and like people are more aware of these ips now yeah it's a much bigger cultural market share yeah i think it's more respected as a like a form of entertainment and media now as well yeah. i think some of the problems with these these early films and you know people's opinions of them is that they just didn't think video games were very good unless you were a kid whereas now like you know, people that were gaming in, in their childhood, they're in their, like, 30s, 40s now. So, I mean, it's like every generation after them has been playing video games. So, I think there's just a little bit more, well, a lot more respect for video games as an art form. I do think, though, like, some of that as well does come from, again, <laughs> like, what video games can do now versus yeah. what they were capable of before. Like, I wouldn't judge anyone for not respecting the artistry of Crash Bandicoot. Like... <laughs> It's hard to get it's hard to get angry about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we know, like Horizon Zero Dawn, it wasn't like my as my favorite as much as it was like half of this podcast. But like, you can absolutely respect the storytelling and the and the breadth of that storytelling. Um, even if you take away the literal art that is, you know, the scenery that is capable in games and things like that. So I do think, like, as the game industry has expanded you know and as the medium expands and you can do more with it and you can tap more into it as well and i do find it really interesting though is that the occasional times where what they tap into and i probably should have mentioned it up front earlier when we were talking about you know ones that had a huge gap but like rampage was a great film oh god yeah if you if you like kaiju and that kind of you know just massively oversized monsters <laughs> and the rock right yeah uh, yeah but like i mean i'm indifferent to the rock <laughs> i think the rock is the most sexless protagonist <laughs> <laughs> working actor yeah. in no, the industry correct. right now no, um, no, absolutely right completely spot on yeah 
The man has no sexual magnetism whatsoever. Not even no. a Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's about as sexy as a load of pickles sellotaped together, isn't he, really? <laughs> kind of looks like a bunch of pickles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's his vibe. And like, for the most part these days, he kind of plays the same character. So his character in Rampage is no different. It's it's The Rock. It's The Rock. Um, <laughs> but it's still a good time. But yeah, there's something about they tapped into this weird niche little game about, you know, a giant... It's like a giant lizard, a giant gorilla, and I forgot giant what wolf. the third one is. A wolf. A wolf. Yes, thank yeah. you. A, a wolf <laughs> rampaging and destroying buildings, right? Yeah, that's a really easy concept to grab onto and sell to somebody who you, like someone could never have heard those video games and like that's something you could sell to somebody just put the rock in that put some big monsters behind him boom i mean it literally and, feels like someone walked into a room and just went we've got this concept we're gonna chuck the rock <laughs> in there for reasons <laughs> what do you think they have like absolutely comedic the most camp bad guys in it i love them um, Jake Lacey is one of them. I don't know. It shouldn't work as well as it does. But I think that is like... This is what I mean. I do think that they're getting better at taking video game concepts. And when they don't do literal adaptations, when they take them and go, we're going to create a story around these characters that has nothing to do with what you have seen or played before, I think that's better than when they take it and go, let's present what you've spent 40 hours playing, but we're going to do it over two. And that's going to annoy you as well, because we all know 90-minute films are better. <laughs> I think that's, like, a huge part of it. Having said that, though, I feel like Mortal Kombat, generationally speaking, is possibly the outlier here. Yeah, I was the... about to come to cut to, like, Mortal Kombat as well. That seemed like a good segue. It's, it's an interesting... Aberration. Yeah, because as a franchise, it goes backwards, film-wise. I don't know. I've not seen a single Mortal Kombat. I'm going to go ahead and say you're not missing much. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I do think the 1995 one, I do think Paul W.S. Anderson, he's one of those guys that did like respect the source material. Mm. So when he touches something like in a video game form, like I do think he... He does care about the material and he tries to capture the spirit of the material, even if it's not always 100% successful. So I feel like Mortal Com- I have issues with Mortal Kombat. Like I've put in brackets next to the- my notes here. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I how feel about it. that? Yeah. Just- I mean, it is goofy as fuck. But that's exactly what Mortal Kombat should be. It's a series with like ice ninjas and lizard men and cyborgs. It should be kind of corny and stupid to an extent. I wasn't 100% on board with it when it came out. I did enjoy it, but I think I appreciate how naff it is now. Like the oh, costumes yeah. and the mood lighting, how like shit Reptile looks, like all that stuff. I- I'm a lot more fond of it now because it feels very in with the mid-90s arcade aesthetic. It feels yeah. like it fits Mortal Kombat. It might be like the most 90s thing I've seen in a long time. Like <laughs> with the hair and the like the makeup and the general kind of camp archness of it. Like it's it's naff is such a good way of describing it, but it's it's very aware that it's naff. Yeah. 
which I think is the key there. I do have massive bone to pick with it though, because it takes Sonia, special forces fighter, really good. She gets through her fights at the tournament. She kills off the Australian guy who's actually a cockney, and then she's kidnapped by the bad guy because he holds onto her hair. And for some reason, she can't break that, even though it's a very easy hold for her to break. She just needs to, like, stamp on his foot or something. And then, not only is she kidnapped for the heroes to go and chase her and rescue heroes. her. Well, yeah. But still, <laughs> they, like, the point, the end of the film is brought about by them rushing off to rescue her, because obviously, what other function does a woman have in a plot? Um, and she's, she's wearing this, like, weird cavewoman dress for no apparent reason and is obviously chained up and you know artistically disheveled and oh i was like i i could get away like i could get on board with the naffness i could get on board with the cheesy fights and the fact that none of the punches seem to connect but yeah it lost me at that point so i was like oh for fuck's sake (laughs) like come on yeah they really like just disappoint you because it does feel like something she would have been trained to anticipate 100%. Hundred percent. A woman does not go into a combat. Why would you keep a ponytail? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. A woman does not get combat trained and have a ponytail without knowing what to do if someone grabs hold of it. Come on. Ugh. I, I will say Johnny Cage not punching Goro is peak cinema, though. Oh yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> I did that enjoy was that. Hilarious. <laughs> but, like the stop motion animation Goro, whatever it is, his face just going through all the emotions of a man who just got sucked in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's also one bit where Liu Kang like does a flip and his hair like floats so artistically back into place that I was I was truly impressed with the hair department's feathering of his layers (laughs) like that it was art it just was like and back to where it needed to be it was amazing I was bored by the film (laughs) you may be able to tell yeah it was Oh, but that theme tune, though. Oh, yeah. The music's they should, great. They should have used that more. It, it, like, it just immediately gets you pumped up. It's like, yeah. Fuck yeah. And this that, is so 1995. <laughs> Come on. So Techno. 90s. <laughs> but then you compare it to new Mortal Kombat. And aside from Joe Taslim being obviously the greatest person ever. Ugh, God, it's a slog. Yeah. There is no fun in that film at all, apart from when Scorpion and Sub-Zero are fighting. Yeah, they spend the entire movie building to that, and it barely... It's, it doesn't it's like, last long enough. No, it doesn't. Like, the, and, there's a whole bit where he literally makes a knife out of blood in the air, and it's the coolest thing ever, and then the fight's over, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, because they threw that fucking... I don't even remember his name, the bland protagonist in, like, trademark. Uh, he gets just gets involved. Nobody wanted that. Who wants that? We oh, want God, 20 minutes of Scorpion and... Sub- I don't remember his fucking name. He was a what new was character, this? so no one cares. <laughs> I looked it I up early, though, because I couldn't remember his name, so I was like, I need to look this up so I remember his name. I, I just refused. Like no, he says it all. Gone. Who knows? Just, they could have just given us 20 minutes of Scorpion and Sub-Zero going apeshit on each other. That's an automatic, like, three stars just for that. They could have... Yeah. They would have been... But, yeah, it's just really boring. Like, it just... It, it's not the Mortal Kombat tournament isn't even taking place. I th- no, it's all pre. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, it's not even. It's before. Like they're setting up the sequel, which is going to be set at the Mortal Kombat tournament. I felt like fucking Millhouse waiting for Richie and Scratchy to get to the fireworks <laughs> factory. It was <laughs> fucking infuriating. It's like, why yeah. are you doing this? If you're going to have a movie about the tournament, just do that. Skip this bit. Come on. Yeah, because the 1995 hell. one 
it sets up the tournament within about 10 minutes and then yeah. you're there. This, I was like, because I did the same thing. I was like, okay, characters are a bit boring, but I can get on board with this. And then it ends and I was like, what? <laughs> what? So I have a question then, because I haven't seen the new one. Obviously, I've seen the 95 one, but I haven't seen the newest one. What is the Mortal Kombat? in this one it's it, so, the tournament is happening but like they try to kill like some earth champions or something isn't it to, like, yeah they're trying to the, some of the earth champions have died so they're replacing them or something right and sub zero's trying to assassinate one of them before and scorpion yeah because bland protagonist is the descendant of the emperor something like or that. something uh-huh i think i don't or know sub-zero or is it Sub-Zero? Not Sub-Zero, Scorpion. Is he related oh, no, Scorpion? it's Scorpion. It's Scorpion. Yeah, sure, I'm getting Scorpion. all my arch guys mixed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's so they're trying to assassinate him because he's obviously obviously set up as like the new Liu figure yeah, they for didn't, this They could have just used Liu Kang. Yeah, who was, who was in guy. the film as well. Yeah. <laughs> is his hair as good this time it's around? Not, it's not. not it's really lacking that like 90s volumizer. Well, now I'm not going to watch it. I can't believe I got like this far, though, without mentioning Christopher Lambert's Eurasian Gandalf in the first film. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was, that was a choice. <laughs> okay. Wasn't it just? <laughs> and he talks like this through the whole <laughs> film so, for no reason. Just imagine the producers like talking about, well, who should we get for Raiden? Like, uh, what is he? He's like a Asian thunder god. So, you know, yeah. Christopher Lambert. Okay. Like, why? I just fuck you. Give me some more coke. Because <laughs> we want to get some of that sweet Highlander cred. That's why. Yeah, long after Highlander's lost all yeah. credibility. <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer was they could afford him. That was, yeah. That was the basis reason. Yeah, like Mortal Kombat's had a rough go. I, I've, not, I've not seen uh, Annihilation or anything like that. I just felt like, no. No, I heard Annihilation was like really bad, so I never bothered. Yeah, and his arch enemy is like a fire demon samurai who's coming yeah. back from the grave to get revenge on him. It's just, it's dumb, and it should be dumb. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. There is one elephant in the room we have to talk about at some point, you know. <sighs> what is it? Is it? Plumbers. <laughs> do you know what not even this podcast could get me to watch it i refuse, <laughs> I refuse. i've never watched it i never will i don't blame you and in fact it's a it's a credit to you that you won't watch yeah. it yeah my partner once got tried to get me to watch it like he just put it on like ninja put it on and i was like nope Nope. I did like what? we we watched like the first ten minutes and I was like, no, I'm really not into this. This is bad. No. Like we we have to leave to go. I don't care what we do, we're not watching this. <laughs> take take me to the hospital. <laughs> if you forget it's supposed to be a Super Mario film, it's just naff like weird fantasy bobbins that's not great. But then you remember that it's supposed to be Super Mario. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Oh no! In the loosest way possible. Yeah, it's like somebody in like the producers were getting together, and one person, one of them, described Super Mario to them, and they went, "Yeah, that kind of sounds like Blade Runner with dinosaurs, <laughs> but with Bob Hoskins." <laughs> I and do love the... Bob Hoskins in it, though. Oh but that, yeah, the dinosaur yeah. thing's so weird. 
The dinosaur like, thing is so Only weird. one game in that entire series up to that point was about dinosaurs, and they made they fixated on that so much. That I know Jurassic Park had just come out, but fucking hell, that's not Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and like, do you think that Super Mario being as bad as it was, by the way, because wasn't it? That's like the first English language live action video game ad up, isn't it? Um, I think so. it's like, like yeah, definitely the one first. of the first. Yeah, there's been a, there was a lot of uh, Japanese ones in anime. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. It's the first English language one. Do you think it was just a case of it? It shut the bed so much that then they went, no, let's not, lads. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yes. For like a solid like decade. Like I'm looking at a list. I'm literally looking at a list of theatrical releases thing. That yeah, there's like that comes out. <laughs> And then there's Double Dragon, which is the first time I heard of it was this podcast, and now it's there. <laughs> I'll never escape it now. But yeah, like, again, obviously I still have not seen it other than 20 minutes at most, but like, it feels like that came out, and then all the studios went, let's stay Oof. away. No, we don't understand it. Yeah. I know. It'd be like if, um, when instead of making Superman, like the Richard Donner one, they made uh, Steel. <laughs> and then that was the first superhero movie and they were like, oh, let's not do this again for a while. It's, just... it's so... Like, just choices are made constantly yes. in that film that you think, but why? Like, I messaged the WhatsApp group earlier, like, I had forgotten the weird sexy Mario dance scene that happens. It's, it is think... so... <laughs> I just, like, blocked it out of my brain i think like a trauma response <laughs> nope. and and they spend like such a weird amount of time on them being plumbers i know that's like their job but that was never a thing no. the characters <laughs> that was just an excuse to have like pipes in the games but they spend so much time fixing leaks and stuff it's like yeah. we don't want kidneys to see men fix pipes come on <laughs> this is mario fucking hell <laughs> And it's just like, the whole bit when they, they get into Cooper Tower for the first time, and they're just like, "Oh my god, these pipes have not been serviced for a long time." <laughs> so why are you doing that? Oh, Mario's famous why? catchphrase. <laughs> it's like they had like a bard and just wrote down words they they knew about Mario, <laughs> and then they just really hammered those in, like plumbers. Okay, yeah, it's, it's but, and it's lots and lots of work. All the way through the film, it's like plumbers, plumbers. Get the plumbers! I've got the plumbers! <laughs> it's like, get, get it! Okay, thank you. Yeah, there was just a reason for them to like wear like overalls and jump through pipes. It wasn't <laughs> that integral to their characters. They're supposed to just jump on turtles and mushrooms and stuff. I and, do and love they, the Goombas, though. Like, they're the they're sequence, so weird, though. They're so weird, but the sequence where they're dancing in the lift. Why, why is it with this one? But like, they're doing the sway dancing. I love that scene. It's weird, terrible. Yeah. It's just making them eight foot tall lizard men with tiny heads. It's because it's because they got fixated on the dinosaur thing. Yeah. Right? Well, we need to make everything about dinosaurs. And the whole evolution devolution thing. And that, yeah. like, that's why the king was a mushroom. Like, sure. yeah, just, and that's entirely just because they heard the word mushroom kingdom and they just got fucking yeah. sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously the king is a mushroom. So, no, he, it's, a, it's a kingdom. It's a place. <laughs> And it's, it's not, a, it's not a metaphor. They don't even look like the mushrooms in the game. It's just this no, weird, just, like, glue. they look gross. They look like something you see in The Last of Us, that, like, growing yeah. on a corpse. It's <laughs> fucking horrible. And they made, like, King Cooper, like, 
Well, obviously, Bowser, everyone knows he's Bowser, but King Cooper was like this weird Donald Trump yes. type character played by Dennis Hopper. Being, Fucking Dennis Hopper! Like, he, was, he, was, he was either weirdly un- uncommitted or overcommitted, depending on the scene. It was very weird. <laughs> like, Caroline pointed out to me there's certain scenes where he's got his arms up, like a T Rex. Like, just like, yeah. think his arms are so small. Because <laughs> he's supposed and, like, to be devolved to a T Rex. I couldn't get that out of my head after seeing it. I thought, okay. He's put weird amounts of thought into this, and yet it's still a really terrible performance. It's like a full on dead behind the eyes. I'm doing this for the paycheck, like expression. I've got a house to pay off or something. Yeah. But just, just the sheer intensity as well, and went that he brought to the line reading of Bob Arm. Yeah. It's just the dumbest word you could possibly give Dennis Hopper, and he said it like he was in fucking Apocalypse Now or something. It was such, so fucking weird. Speaking of actors who got the film they were in, Fiona Shaw, she, oh, she God, yeah. got it. She knew the assignment. She was great. She was the only one who seemed to realise that she was in just, like, complete tosh yeah. and went for it. <laughs> like, I think Bob Hoskins understood, but in a, in a more more contemptful way. Yeah. Like, I hate being here. I'm just going to get this done. I don't understand any of this. this all I know is this is shit. <laughs> And I've got a mortgage to pay. I hope he got paid well. I think he did. But, yeah. You know, yeah. He better have. Fucking hell. Poor <laughs> the, the jump boots. I just... I get, I've, oh, I've, yeah. I, I wrote notes about that. Like, that's such a fucking annoying way of incorporating platforms. And then Mario never bloody uses them. Luigi uses them most yeah. of the time. Mario <laughs> just throws them at some guy's face at one point. It's like... Like I know I'm a big I'm a big like Justice for Luigi guy, but I still found that stupid in a Super Mario movie. That Luigi <laughs> got all the big hero moments. It's because he was the young hot one. He he could do the stunts without breaking his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad that they did do like the love the romance with Daisy and Luigi though, because I did remember watching it when I was younger, and obviously, like I'd got it into my head that. Mario and Daisy had the had the romantic oh, yeah. relationship. So when I was watching, I watched it earlier today, and I was just like, "Oh God, is this going to be really, really icky?" And then like <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, thank God." Okay, <laughs> like, I was I was making it worse than I thought in my head. Yeah, see, I didn't rewatch it for the pod because I have such vivid memories of this film as a kid. But they mostly become before watching the film. I I really remember being in Blockbuster with my mum and staring at the front cover of this <laughs> and being like, it says Super Mario Brothers, but it doesn't look anything <laughs> like Super Mario <laughs> Brothers. And just like I felt like I was in Blockbuster for hours just staring at it, <laughs> trying to make sense. Trying to comprehend. Yeah, like, is this a lie or is this, is it a coincidence? And then really just taking it home, watching it and just ejecting it immediately and being like, no, no, I'm, I'm done now. And that's what I want my memory of the film to always be. I don't ever Removing want to rewatch it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's what it is. That <laughs> oh, it's... I, made, I made so many notes watching it. I was just sat in my, on my, um, my sofa, just like writing notes, like with a pad and pen. Cause I just, I couldn't, I needed to write as much as I could because there was just so many thoughts <laughs> spilling out of me watching this fucking thing that I'd forgotten. <laughs> And like I can't, I can't, I couldn't get most of them into talking points. So I'm just gonna read out ten of them oh, that yes, I couldn't please. make into talking points in my critique. 
So, like, number one was nuns with dinosaur egg, question mark. Oh, yeah! Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, someone would know to take an egg to the Catholic Church. They'll know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've written in the dimension, but the nuns will know. <laughs> yeah. So, like, number two was a World Trade Center sighting. <laughs> number three, oh, it's the World Trade Center again. Number four, this one just says, uh, crime, grandma, in all caps. Just <laughs> <laughs> that scene where they got mugged by an yeah. old lady for no reason. It's like, this isn't it's like, manly. are you strangers around here? <laughs> Pulls out a gun. Oh, what a dark dystopia the Mario Brothers live in. It's so grim. And then, like, number five, they really did paint some super scopes black for the guns in this movie. Fucking hell. <laughs> If it was, they were like actual super scops, they'd miss every time, though. <laughs> uh, number six. Why is Yoshi sucking on this woman's feet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's just a scene where Yoshi's trying to eat this woman, but it looks like he's sucking on her feet and licking yeah. her toes and stuff. It's really upsetting. There's no blood or anything. It just... He's just sucking her feet. Because <laughs> Yoshi's like a baby dinosaur. Yeah, he's cute. He's admittedly pretty cute. He is but cute. But he is... He is Trying, he's just acting like a dinosaur. He's not acting like Yoshi. <laughs> uh, seven is Mario mentions going to WrestleMania. WrestleMania nine? Question mark. Fuck Hulk, <laughs> Fuck Hulk Hogan! Oh, no. Exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, eight. Mario is seducing this tall woman for a weirdly long amount of time. <laughs> sexy Mario dancing. Sexy. It's, yeah, that's everything we remember from Mario. <laughs> Number nine was the World Trade Center just turned into charred ruins. Parentheses, oh. oof. <laughs> oh, yeah, I when I saw that today, I was like, oh, that was... Oh. Cringed. Oh, it was so bad. And finally, number ten was, is that rock set in the credits? <laughs> 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 I distinctly remember was not was being in the credits, but I must have remembered that wrong. They were in the club scene. I, I just fixated on that Walk the Dinosaur song. Oh yeah, that because that was definitely the club scene because I was laughing yeah. at it like hysterically earlier. Because <laughs> of course that's what Dino Han would be dancing to. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, basically <laughs> Mario. It's just whoever made this movie played a Mario game, then kind of vaguely described it to someone doing like coke <laughs> lines in a fetish bar. That's the only way this makes sense to me. But Ed Solomon of Bill and Ted is on the writing team. It, I don't understand how and that I'm works. Like, Someone must have took that away from him. And, yeah, I was like, Ed, where were you? <laughs> I think he just lost the will to live. I took the money and ran. But... I'll take a story credit. Fuck this, I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll kill that plumber! Right, it's been a long enough recording session so far, and we're all warm and tired. I think we need a break so we can get a drink and maybe have a bath. Uh, alone, not together as a group, just to be clear. Uh, so we'll, we'll see you again very soon for part two of our video game adaptations episode. Mm-hmm.